In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and it's always wonderful to spend some time with you and to reflect upon the Word of God and to invite the Word of God to enter into our hearts and enter into our lives. As we begin the 17th week in Ordinary Time, this Sunday, July 25th, is the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and I want to begin with this little reflection, a little saint story for July 25th, and I found this on the website at Our Lady of the Lake, and it is on the Feast of St. Christopher. And this is a delightful little story, and I think it does tie into our scripture readings for this week. According to a popular story, a child approached St. Christopher by a river and asked to be carried across. Christopher did so, but when he was in the middle of the river, the water rose and the child became extremely heavy. It took Christopher a lot of work to safely deliver the child to the other side. When Christopher asked the child why he was so heavy, the child explained that he was Jesus and that when Christopher carried him, he also carried the weight of the whole world on his shoulders. Some people today pray to St. Christopher when they travel for a safe journey. St. Christopher, pray for us. And I'm also traveling this week, so I definitely have been asking St. Christopher to guide us. But I I thought that was a lovely story, and many of you have probably seen a medal of St. Christopher, and it is of the man, St. Christopher, carrying this child in his arms. And just think about, you know, carrying the weight of Jesus. And so during this week, as we enter into this week, may we ask St. Christopher to help us to let those burdens that we carry in our family life, in our uh, marriages, in our vocations, in our health, and, and all the situations that may be weighing us down, that we remember the weight of Jesus, that he, he bore all of those burdens for us to bring us eternal life. And so we can lift those burdens up to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask for the intercession of St. Christopher. Pray for us. Well, as we begin to reflect on these scripture readings, I want to read the and pray with you the Holy Spirit prayer. This is a beautiful prayer. And I remember actually at Matre Day Radio at KBVM, we started to pray this prayer on a regular basis and I was not familiar with it before. And so whenever I pray this prayer or I hear people pray the Holy Spirit prayer, it just it's become something so part of me that I love this prayer. And it reminds me to call upon the Holy Spirit. And it's this, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created. And thou shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
And as we read sacred scripture, it is a really beautiful practice to invite the Holy Spirit to guide us as we reread and reflect upon sacred scripture. So as we go into the 17th Sunday in ordinary time, we have some beautiful readings and we've been hearing over the past few weeks as I've been doing these podcasts, messages from the prophets. And today we're going to hear from the book of Second Kings and we'll hear about Elisha. And we will also actually transition into the gospel of John for a couple of weeks. I think I mentioned Matthew, but we won't hear Matthew during this uh, cycle of 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 cycle B, we will hear John for the next few weeks in that discourse of the bread of life. And we're going to enter into that discourse chapter six this week. So it's a nice break from Mark, but I think the church really sees the powerful message that we hear in the gospel of John. And so let's begin with the first reading from second Kings chapter four. A man came from Baal Salisha bringing to Elisha, the man of God, 20 barley loaves made from the first fruits and fresh grain in the ear. Elisha said, give it to the people to eat. But his servant objected, how can I set this before a hundred people? Elisha insisted, give it to the people to eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and there shall be some left over. And when they had eaten, there was some left over as the Lord had said, the word of the Lord. I love in this reading, this this trust, this confidence. This is really the message that I am getting from the prophets is such a obedient trust in the Lord, particularly in things that are humanly impossible, in things that don't seem like they should be happening. Here is Elisha saying, let's feed the people with this little bit. And the servant is saying, no, how can we feed this many people? course, we're going to hear more about this with Jesus, but Elisha insists to come, you know, give this food to the people to eat because what the Lord had promised that they would be fed and that there would be some left over. And what a great message for us. What a great reminder for us to trust in God, particularly when we can't understand everything and that he will actually give us more than we need, because that is what the Lord said. So let us really hear that message from Elisha and really remember of that obedience and trust in God at all times. Psalm 145 is our psalm today. The hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. And this psalm, I think, really encompasses the real theme and the message of all of the readings that we have for this Sunday is really this this gift of God, this, this gift that God gives us what we need, the care, the overabundance and care that the Lord provides. In fact, I want to just open up what I love to do sometimes when we have a psalm, because typically you don't hear the entire psalm in the scripture readings during mass, but you can always go back to that psalm and reflect. And in my Bible, Psalm 145 is the greatness and goodness of God. Now, anytime you feel discouraged, Many times you can pick up most of the Psalms and feel encouraged. And I just want to pick a few of the stanzas of the Psalm to share with you in Psalm 145, because it reminds us of the stance, the hand of the Lord feeds us. He answers all our needs. Every day I will bless you. I will praise your name forever. 
They speak of the splendor of your majestic glory. Tell of your wonderful deeds. The Lord is good to all, compassionate to every creature. All your works give you thanks, O Lord, and your faithful bless you. The Lord supports all who are falling and raises up those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look hopefully to you and give them their food in due season. You know, that just really tangibly reminds us the Lord gives us the food in good season. We've really been hearing about feeding his people. Here we see in the reading from Kings, Elisha feeding the people with the barley loaves. Okay. And then again, the Psalm in the eyes of all look hopefully to you. We, we have hopefully looked to the Lord. You give them their food in due season. When we are in need, the Lord supplies. He is the great and good God. That is a great message in Psalm 145. I want to jump down to the gospel of John because there's so much here. And again, as I mentioned, and as I've heard from a few of our pastors and even deacons who have been reflecting on this, this particular Sunday, we're transitioning out of Mark for the next couple of weeks, and we'll move into this gospel of John. And all of the gospels will have this account of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes, but I think John has much more detail, and it's also going to open us into the discourse of the bread of life and which is going to be breaking open what the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist, that God truly feeds us with himself. And so we just are going to start entering into this, this sign, this miraculous sign of who Jesus truly is. And so let's read the gospel according to John chapter six. Jesus went across the sea of Galilee a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him because he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 days wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many? Jesus said, have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. And Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to them, to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had had their fill, he said to the disciples, gather the fragments left over so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 wicker baskets and fragments from the five barley loaves that they had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this is truly the prophet, the one who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew what they were going to come, since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The gospel of the Lord. Wow, there's so much 
in this gospel reading. And I want to reflect on a couple of things that I've heard. And what I love to do, and if you have a Protestant Bible, and even some of our Catholic Bibles will have the letters of Jesus's words in red, so you can go right to Jesus's words. But in this particular gospel reading, Jesus has only a few phrases that he speaks. But I think what he speaks says volumes. And in fact, one of the reflections from Father Emmanuel that I heard this weekend was about these three phrases. The first phrase is when Jesus says, and he asks the question of the apostles, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? And, and it also, Luke is telling us that it's a test to Philip to kind of get a sense of how big and miraculous what's going to happen is actually because they're getting a sense as they start thinking more and more that we have this huge crowd of people. We have no food. We really don't have much money. We really don't have a way of getting the amount of food that would physically be able to feed these people. And these people are hungry. These people are without means. These people have been following Jesus. And, 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 and so most of them are probably really desperate for food. And so Jesus is reminding them, this is a pretty desperate situation. And you know what? You don't really have an answer to this problem. Jesus's question is really revealing the big problem of the day. Okay. Now, the next statement that Jesus says here is, have the people recline. So Jesus is putting into the minds and the hearts of the apostles, okay, the master wants us to feed the people. We really don't have any way to physically do this. We can't figure it out. We can't figure out how much money we even would have to buy food to get it here to feed the people. This is just an impossible feat. And it is impossible without Jesus. Now Jesus is saying, have the people recline. And I kept thinking about this phrase. And then when Father Emmanuel mentioned, when people would recline, this would be an invitation to eat. So this is assuming we are going to have food to eat, that Jesus is having the people recline. So it's not just sit down and we're going to hang out and wait and see. We're assuming that there will be food and we will be fed. So if you are going to recline, you are going to trust that you will be fed. You come to somebody's home and you will recline because you're going to be served food and, and break bread together and have a meal. And so this, this have the people recline probably was a little bit of a question mark for the apostles. Like, okay, if we have them recline, they're going to think they're going to eat. And we have no food. We just figured out Jesus and we don't have any food. Oh, we've got these couple of loaves and fishes from the little boy that are that is mentioned, but we certainly don't have enough. And so still these apostles are wondering what's going to happen. But Jesus is making it clear the people will be fed. And then, of course, what happens is Jesus takes the loaves, the ones that are available, gives thanks and distributes them. Now, what does that make us think of? You know, that he takes, breaks, and gives thanks and distributes to those who were reclining. For those who were waiting to be fed in the communion line, he provides the food. 
And in one of the translations that I was reading, that word give thanks, many times we'll hear, of course, that means Eucharist. And so in Greek, the word is Eucharistio. And so that giving thanks, the word that is used, connects us to our word today of Eucharist. So Jesus is really preparing for us to experience the Eucharist in this taking, taking the gift, giving thanks, and distributing to those. And in fact, he has a final command. So he is having the people recline. They are being fed, 5,000 plus. And now he says to his disciples, who can you imagine you're there You saw the five loaves. You saw the little boy who was probably excited to be used in this particular case with the master. I mean, wouldn't that be great to be a young boy? And here's what I have to give. And all of a sudden, miraculously, as a sign, all of the people are fed. And so Jesus tells his disciples to gather the fragments left over. Now, where did we just hear this? We heard Elisha say, give it to the people to eat. They shall eat and there shall be some left over. See, we heard that in the Old Testament. And here's Jesus fulfilling those leftover fragments, this abundance of how God will give food to his people. He will care for his flock, particularly his flock who is poor, who is hungry. You know, the sheep that he is called to shepherd. Gather the fragments left over so there will be nothing wasted. You know, it was brought up in one of the homilies I heard that in the Moses' time, when the people were being fed by the manna from heaven, they were able to collect only what they were able to eat for the day. And anything left over would be waste. It It would rot. They couldn't use it. So that they were just being fed what they could eat for their family today. And then the next day, they would be fed with that. But Jesus, in this There's an abundance of gifts. There's an abundance of food. And so, in fact, we use and hear the word 12, which might refer to the 12 tribes of um, Israel. It might refer to the 12 apostles that were giving all of this food, this abundance, so that it can continue to be shared to more and more people. There was a great quote of... um, from again, Father Emmanuel. And he talked about with this challenge of Jesus, you know, really helping the apostles to look beyond their human understanding. They were looking at how could they pay for enough food? How could they get enough food? It was just all of these ways were human ways to solve the problem. And there was this great quote, spend your time uh, talking to your problems about the size of your God, rather than telling your God the size of our problems, that we should consult our faith and not our fears. And sometimes we have this fear and we tell God, you know, oh, I've got all of these problems. They're so big. They're just, I'm under all of these circumstances. And yet the challenge is to tell your problems the size of your God. He is mighty. He is great. He is abundant in his gifts. And see, we don't know the types of gifts that he will give us, physical, spiritual gifts, but he is a God of abundance and overflowing with hopefulness and joy and mercy. And so if you feel a problem, 
Don't talk to God about your problems. Tell your problems about how big God is and fight with the faith that you have, not in the fear that your problems will overwhelm you. And I really take that as a great message for this gospel is that we should have the faith of Elisha, who believed, even though it didn't seem possible, that there would be fragments left over. And the apostles couldn't quite figure it out. You know, we can't solve the problems of our day with the knowledge that we have right now. We need God. We need to trust in God. And that is the challenge that I think this gospel, this message from the Old Testament reminds us is that our God is a mighty God, right? Our God is an awesome God, that great contemporary Christian song, but it's true. And and my invitation for myself and for you this week is to look at times in our lives where God has blessed us, in fact, given us so much that we have blessings to give to others, that that the gifts that we have, the blessings that we have should flow over into our families, into the workplace, into the ministries, into our parish, into our neighborhood, that we should be those fragments to overflow and be a blessing to others. So that, as Jesus says in here, so that nothing will be wasted. You know, When I think about times in my life when I was not following God and I was not even listening to him and his will in my life, none of those experiences in my life do I believe were wasted. Somehow I learned, somehow others learned, somehow through all of the ups and downs in my life, it's never been a waste. Nothing that we do and experience is a waste even if it's a difficult thing, even if it's a suffering, even if it's a hardship, I believe that God will use all of that for his good and his glory. And so during this week, as we look to the beautiful sign and the miracle of Jesus multiplying the loaves and fishes and giving to all in need, ask yourself, do I trust God to provide what I can't see? You know, whatever you're discerning right now, is there something that you are trusting only in your human intellect, give that human intellect up to the grace and glory of God. And finally, on this day, I want to recognize the elderly and grandparents out there. And I'm a grandparent. In fact, we're going to have our fourth grandchild close to Christmas time that we're very excited about. And so Pope Francis has initiated this day as a day to honor and to pray for the elderly and for our grandparents. And just think about the witness of those that have gone before us, their experiences, their wisdom, their presence into our lives, and that we should honor them. We should recognize them. We should welcome them in our homes and to just really pray in thanksgiving for our elderly and for our grandparents. And this is particularly tied to the feasts of Saints Joachim and Anne, who are Mary's mother and are traditionally known as the grandparents of Jesus. So Saints Joachim and Anne, whose feast day is on the 26th of July, pray for us. Thanks for joining me today on Faith Moments with Dina Marie. It is an honor and a privilege and just really a treat to reflect upon the sacred scriptures with you. And I invite you to take the scriptures a little bit closer into your life every single day to read them, to ponder them, to pick up a psalm, pick up a little bit of the gospel, pick up a reading of St. Paul, and just let those words be your food for the journey. Until next week, have a very awesome and blessed and abundant week of grace.
Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.